All right, everyone. Welcome to the Toasty Kettle Podcast, where we help you connect with the past through food. My name is James. I'm your host. And today is episode 77. So for Lucky 77, we're going to do a good change of pace episode today. This one is full of controversy and intrigue. Maybe not so full of controversy and intrigue, but there is a little bit. I can promise you that. So buckle up. Before we get to today's episode, I wanted to thank you all for finding the show and listening. I really love learning about food history and sharing that knowledge with you. So if you like what you hear today, make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. That way you will make sure you don't miss the upcoming episodes. All right, with that out of the way, today I'm going to talk all about Fritos and Frito Pies. Now, this iconic chip has led to the development of the humble Frito Pie. And this is a culinary masterpiece that's considered lowbrow by many. However, they're a big deal in both Texas and New Mexico. And there's even some controversy between the two states on who was first in developing the Frito pie. So that's what we're going to dive into today. When digging into the background of Fritos, there's a difference between the invention of the company and the actual recipe itself. The Frito company was born in 1932 during the Great Depression. Charles Elmer Doolin worked at the Highland Park Confectionery in San Antonio, Texas, and this was a company that was owned by his family, by his father, mother, and brother, and they were always trying to add new products to their portfolio. They decided they needed something salty to offset all of the sweets that they had to offer. So Charles started looking around and responded to an ad in the San Antonio Express. The ad was placed by Gustavo Alguin, who was the inventor of the original Frito recipe. He was from Mexico originally, and he was looking for a quick payday so that he can have money to move back to Oaxaca, Mexico. His ad offered for sale the original recipe for fried corn chips, a modified potato ricer that he would use to uh, blend the meal together, and some retail accounts. Charles bought the business from Gustavo and began pumping out chips in his mother's kitchen. Charles had his mom, his dad, and his brother all helping out in the business. And these four people formed the first board of directors with their father, Charles Bernard Doolin, serving as the first chairman of the board. So that's the history of both the recipe for Fritos, as well as the company that Charles Doolin formed, which was the Frito Company. And these chips were sold under the name of the Frito Corporation. It was located in the garage, which they quickly outgrew. Uh, they were growing so rapidly, they bought the house next door and expanded their operations. The following year, in 1933 to 1934, they opened plants in Dallas and Tulsa. By 1947, demand for these chips became so high that they opened additional plants in Los Angeles and Denver. They also licensed franchises nationwide. And this is a similar model that we would see with uh, with sodas through the late 1800s and early 1900s, you would have bottling companies that would own the rights 
in certain parts geographically to bottle certain flavors of soda from different companies. And this is a similar concept where you have companies nationwide who own the exclusive rights to distribute Fritos in that part of the company. One of their most famous franchisees was H.W. Lay. You might have heard of Lay's Potatoes, Potato Chips. <laughs> so H.W. Lay and Company had the exclusive franchise rights to sell Fritos in the southeastern United States. And this relationship with Lay was really instrumental in helping Fritos take off. It was mutually beneficial. So H.W. Lay had the rights to distribute Fritos in the southeastern United States, and Charles Doolin had the exclusive rights to sell Lay's potato chips in the southwestern United States. So that's where you get that classic Frito-Lay connection. As the company grew and expanded, they developed other products. You may have heard of Cheetos. I don't know if anyone out there has heard of those. And they've also developed additional Frito flavors and various dips. Charles was obsessed with perfecting the Frito recipe. He even went as far as to work with local farmers in Texas to, to develop his own special hybrid corn variety. He felt this specific variety gave Fritos the perfect flavor. So again, he did that classic thing. If you want to control the final product, control what's going into it. So that's the history of Fritos. That's how they started. That's how they took off. Now that we've gone through that history of Fritos, I'm going to turn my attention to Frito pies. And we have to first discuss what is a Frito pie. A Frito pie is comfort food central. You get a small bag of Fritos, open the bag, add in chili, cheese, and some chopped onion, that's it. Some people get fancy and add pickled jalapenos or sour cream, among other toppings. Frito pies are known by various other names in the Midwest. You'll hear them referred to as walking tacos. You also might hear uh, of them being referred to as a Texas straw hat or just the classic Frito pie. You'll find these all over Texas. Go to any high school football game any state fair, any fair ground in Texas, and you're in business. You'll easily find many people willing to slice open a bag of Fritos and ladle Hormel chili into it. Now, they're traditionally served in a paper boat with a bag of chips split down the middle and the chili and cheese poured right on top inside. How can you go wrong with that? So how can there be any controversy? Like many food items we've tackled on this show, the exact origins have become myth, and the myth has become legend, and right before our very eyes. Multiple groups of very passionate people claim to be the first one to come up with this combination of flavors and toppings. New Mexicans claim that they invented the Frito pie in the 1960s, at a Woolworths in Santa Fe by a woman named Teresa Hernandez. However, that theory doesn't hold any water. <laughs> sorry, New Mexico. So sorry. The dates just don't line up. What do I mean by that? The Texas theory, and they have good documentation for this theory, 
is that Charles Doolin's mother, Daisy Doolin, was the first person to come up with this iconic recipe. Now, Daisy Doolin, again, these chips are being fried in her very own kitchen, and her contribution to the business was finding creative ways to use this chip. It was a way to market them to the masses. We'll get more people to buy these Fritos if I can show them all these recipes they can use to incorporate a Frito. Now, that theory lines up with the original invention of the Frito in the 1930s. And it would make sense that as Fritos were, again, being refined and produced in their own home, that Daisy would do some research into how this unique chip could be used in various recipes. So it doesn't seem like a giant leap to think that she put some chili on the chips and called it a Frito pie. Even if Daisy Doolin didn't develop the recipe, that sounded like a tongue twister there, other dates still don't support the New Mexico theory. The Frito-Lay company attributes the recipe to Nell Morris, who joined Frito-Lay in the the 1950s and helped develop an official cookbook that capitalized on Frito-Lay products. Again, show the people what to do with your product, they'll buy more of it. A recipe for for Frito pie was included in that cookbook. Charles Doolin and the Frito Corporation were also early investors in Disneyland. In 1955, a Casa de Fritos restaurant opened in Disneyland itself. Frito pie was an item on that early menu. All of those dates where we have documented Frito pie in writing, all are well ahead of that 1960s date claimed by New Mexico. So how can there still be any controversy? Many people have eaten Frito pie all over Texas and New Mexico, and there are those who will admit that Texas was first. However, in that same sentence, they'll say, but New Mexico is the best. So Anthony Bourdain, on his show Parts Unknown, went to Santa Fe, and he thought he'd stir the pot a little bit. Stir the pot of chili and... drum up some controversy. Now, he was not kind to this dish at all. He said they feel disgusting, they're indigenous to Texas, and they're hazardous to one's health. Ouch. So on the one hand, you're denying their claim in New Mexico that they came up with the Frito pie themselves. And you're saying not only that, but it's disgusting. Now, he might have gotten less backlash if he went out and slapped a kid on the sidewalk. (laughs) He continued to say that the Five and Dime General Store's snack bar, which stands on the same corner as the original Woolworth's lunch counter in Santa Fe, uses canned Hormel chili and a day-glow orange cheese-like substance. His words, not mine. (laughs) Ouch. The store owners, employees, and customers were quick to defend the Frito pie. Lorraine Chavez cooks the chili con carne from scratch every morning using ground beef and powdered red chili. It's then carefully ladled into a bag of Fritos and topped with real cheddar cheese. Now, if I'm being honest, that does sound much better than the gut-busting rendition served at Texas fairs and ball games, most of which will use Hormel canned chili. Nothing against Hormel, but it doesn't sound as good as the real deal, right? That they're whipping up in (laughs) New Mexico. 
and they also will likely embrace the cheapest cheese uh, cheese like product that they can scrounge up over in Texas. So the battle will rage on. Whose Frito pie was first? Whose Frito pie is better? You'll have fierce opposition on either side of those questions. What I do know is that whether you're in Texas or New Mexico, you're sure to find people willing to slice open that bag of Fritos, slap in some chili, onions, and cheese, and send you on your way. Now that's all I have for today, folks. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe to the show. And again, if you really, really liked what you heard, consider leaving a few words in a review wherever you get your podcasts. It will really help grow the show. And before I officially end the episode today, I wanted to send you with one quick fact about Frito Pies that you can share with a family member or a friend. So in 2013, the State Fair of Texas recognized Frito's 80th birthday by creating a 1,325-pound Frito Pie. It required 660 cans of Hormel chili and 635 bags of Fritos. And my research was inconclusive if they also supplied the Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> Until next week. <laughs>